welcome again. This is me live and in person. Uh, I can walk around now. I feel freedom that I'm not locked into having to focus on where the red dot is in the back. Um, that means the camera's on. Y'all have to excuse me real quick because I have to get all these things that are distractions in my life. The keys that jingle, the watch that has a Krispy Kreme app on it that'll tell me if they're hot now. Anybody can I get a witness up in here? Um, it is uh, a thing that in my life has become a distraction. But tonight we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper. We're going to talk about answer one question. So when you leave here tonight, you're going to have one question answered, handled, ready to go. Who is the Lord's Supper for? Who? Who's it for? So we're going to dive in real quick. So if we're having a party, if we're having a celebration, we need to, well, sometimes. Sometimes we need a reason to celebrate, right? Not every time, but doesn't it always help when we know who or what or why we're celebrating, right? I mean, it just makes it more fun. It, it connects you more to the celebration. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, right? Or, yeah, uh, or as they say, the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, right? Uh, number 12, um, Tom Brady. But uh, so they, what they did is when they won, they celebrated, right? They, some of that was kind of funny. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you've probably seen it, how they celebrated. But it was a great and historic achievement, right? Uh, worthy of celebrating. Now, in this day and age, you can uh, go on to the Googler and figure out where uh, the single weirdest, dumbest, randomest things that we celebrate are, right? Anybody? Uh, National uh, Dog Day, National uh, Small Dog Day, National Big Dog Day, National Sunday, National Daughter Day. I'm going to say national you raise your hand if you got something else. Come on, come on. I'm, this is audience participation time. This is an all skate. National what? Ice cream? Mmm. Coffee. I love my caffeine latte. Uh, national, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Donut Day, right? Can I? National what? Somebody. Waffles. You did say waffle. You didn't say wobble, right? Okay. Watch out, I will start dance moves right up here. National Cheeseburger Day, Hamburger Day. Which, why would there be a Hamburger Day if there's going to be a Cheeseburger Day, right? And on and on and on. The point is, when we know who, when we know what, when we know why we are celebrating, it makes it more fun. It connects us to the celebration. So tonight, we're going to talk about two uh, celebrations or ordinances that Jesus left for us to observe here on earth. You know, one ordinance is the ordinance of baptism. And let me tell you something. I love baptism. It is awesome. It is amazing. It is a perfect picture of somebody that has given their life completely to Jesus Christ and says, I want everybody else to know. It's a public display of an inward personal decision where you've said, hey, I'm identifying and letting everybody else know that I'm on team Jesus, okay? And then it, what it does is it's that, it's that death to life, buried with sin, raised to walk in newness of life. That's baptism. 
I had a pastor uh, tell me one time, we were doing a camp in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Rednecks, Redneck Riviera. Um, it's fantastic, but a lot of golf courses. We're doing a camp there, and we got a student camp. We're doing baptisms at the end of camp because that's what you do at the end of student camp. And, um, and he, he leaned over and he said, everybody that's getting baptized in that ocean right there, wherever they go in the entire world, they can go to the coast, look, at the, look in that water, and say, I was baptized in that water. Anywhere in the world. Geography lesson, all the water's connected, okay? Just so you know. All the oceanic water, Atlantic, as my eighth grade social studies teacher said, <laughs> Pacific, when she was talking about specific. You'll get that in a minute. But that's baptism, okay? I love baptism. But then there's the ordinance, the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Because, see, baptism is for everybody. When they say, I do not identify as me anymore, I identify as a follower of Jesus Christ. My identity is in him. But who is the Lord's Supper for? We've got a verse of Scripture. I probably should have told you to turn in your copy of God's Word earlier to Matthew 26, 17 through 25. If you don't have it, it's on the screen. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve, and as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? And he answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for this man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, and I'm a fan of the, the reading audibly to you uh, version of the, the Bible app, but it talks about how Judas kind of went like sly tone on him, and he said, is it I, Rabbi? Almost as if he, yeah, he knows the answer to the question. He said to him, he, being Jesus, said, you have said so. So three simple truths tonight to answer the question, who is the Lord's Supper for? The first is those who do life with him. Verse 20, it says, when it was evening, he reclined at the table with the 12. You see, this verse suggests that those who take part in the Lord's Supper walk with him on a daily basis. They spend time with him on a daily basis. They get to know him on a daily basis. They, what they've done is they let, they've, let, they've spent so much time with Jesus, they've let the goodness of him rub off on them. Have you ever spent so, so much time with someone 
you start to act like them. You start to talk like them. Walk like them. Uh, I, I, sorry, I just go, go to those places. And you may not realize it because it's gradual, but those that know you, those that are closest to you, they realize it. Here's a story. When we lived in Western North Carolina, my my mother-in-law and father-in-law lived in East Tennessee. My mother-in-law was from North Alabama, okay? Now, you may think, what's the big difference between East Tennessee and North Alabama? I'm telling you, it's a difference, okay? Um, It's different. And we would, Allie would go visit she, her mom, would go visit her, her mom's family in North Alabama and like a long weekend, okay, a couple of days. And she said, Neil, it takes about 24 to 36 hours for my mom's uh, dialect to change, right? Where there's a little bit more drawl, a few more syllables in how she talks, Right? It was just after a couple of days. You see, I say this all the time. If we want to get better at something, we have to practice. Repetition leads to retention. This is true for the positive things in our lives, but it's also true for the negative things in our lives. You see, the Lord's Supper isn't just meant to be remembered, but also to connect with someone. You see, we remember his sacrifice, but we also connect to his suffering. Did you hear that? We remember his sacrifice, but we also connect to his suffering. You see, the Lord's Supper isn't a ritual or a religion but rather points to a relationship with Jesus that reminds us of our purpose on earth. Let that just sink in for a minute. Because I think so many times people say, I do it because that's when we do it at church and everybody passes it around, or you, we don't do that anymore because of the COVID, so you get it on the table when you walk in. The Lord's Supper is not a ritual or a religion but rather points to to that relationship with Jesus that reminds us of our purpose here on earth. Why am I here? The Lord's Supper should be a process of where I'm, I'm constantly remembering and being reminded of what my purpose and my plan and the reason I'm here is. So it's for those who are doing life with Jesus spending time with him, walking daily with him, developing, cultivating a relationship with him, so much so that even on those times when we've been away from him, it just takes a couple of days in his presence to remind us. And we start to talk like him. We start to walk like him live intentionally with him but it's also for those who are serious about him verse 21 and as they were eating he said truly I say to you one of you will betray him will betray me you see sometimes 
let's just be honest. We all want to be held accountable until we're held accountable. Now that probably got in your kitchen, right? I just really want an accountability partner. But do you? No, you don't. I want somebody to make me feel good about myself and tell me all the nice things. But if you tell me something that I really don't like or it hurts my feelings, then we're not friends anymore and I've unfriended you on whatever social media platform there is. I'm not responding to your snaps or sliding up or whatever mess that is. But see, Jesus, what Jesus is doing here, he's quick to call out Judas. Not to embarrass him, but to show us that we need to take Jesus seriously. Even though Judas was playing the role of friend, confidant to Jesus for three years, it didn't mean he was serious about his relationship with Jesus. He was walking with Jesus. He was spending time with Jesus. He was in the presence of Jesus for three years, but that did not mean he was serious about his relationship with Jesus. For example, how does Allie, my wife, know that I'm serious about my relationship with her? Is it because on a cold December 18th night in the year of our Lord, 1997, I took her to a very nice restaurant that we like, one of our favorite restaurants in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I got down on one knee after we'd eaten. Make sure I was, got my belly full. Got, one, got down on one knee and asked her to, to marry me. That doesn't tell her that I'm serious about her. Is it because seven months later, we uh, stood in front of a bunch of people and said a bunch of words, exchanged some jewelry, Spend a lot of money that I will never get back. Literally could have taken that money and just <laughs> flush it down the toilet. But it was great and it was pretty. We got a lot of pictures. No, because those two things are events. Stuff. That does not tell her that I'm serious about her. That does not tell her that I'm serious about my relationship with her. What tells her that I'm serious about my relationship with her is when I remember that 8.20 every night is family prayer time. When I take her car and get it washed. When I put gas in her car. See, it's the little things. It's the big things. It's the random things. It's the consistent things that let her know just how much she matters to me. Intentionality. Listening to her. Sharing my heart with her, letting her share her heart with me. We absolutely dominate. What's the game? T taboo? 
taboo the game where you, it's like you got to read. We, we rock at that. We're in tune. Because we spend time together. Because we have developed a steady relationship with each other. We have the hard conversations. We have the difficult conversations. But that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to get serious with him, about our relationship with him, to grow in that relationship, to cultivate that relationship, to get to truly know him. See, the Lord's Supper shows us two things about Jesus. He wants a relationship with us, and he wants us to be serious about that relationship. Hear me. Two things about Jesus shown to us in the Lord's Supper. He wants a relationship with us, and he wants us to be serious about that relationship. Is it fun to be in a relationship with somebody that's not serious about the relationship? Thank you. Truth. So the Lord's Supper is for those who do life with him, those that are serious about him. Third and final thing, also those who have repented. Look at verse 22. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. Well, that didn't really give any giveaways because they all dipped in the same dish, okay? The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man that the Son of Man is betrayed, by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Ouch. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. So those who repent, what does repent mean? The best, the best image that I can give you of repent is I'm repenting of my sin. I am turning in a different direction and I'm walking away from it. With no rear view, no side mirror, no turn around and look back at it. I'm focused on a different direction. That is repent. I've actually walked outside of the speakers. Josh, I apologize. I have a parameter and I broke it. That's repent. I give the sin to Jesus. I turn in a different direction and I walk in the way from it and I don't look back. That's repent. Did you notice? that Judas didn't call him Lord. Every single one of the disciples asked him, is it I, Lord? 
Lord. Judas said, is it I, Rabbi, teacher? You see, the only way to truly connect with Jesus through the Lord's Supper is to first give him your sins in exchange for his forgiveness. Let's look at verse 25 right there at the end, right there at the end where Jesus says, you have said it. You see, Jesus didn't say that to condemn Judas, but to call him to repentance. It's fair to assume that Jesus said it with love in his eyes. And he showed Judas that he loved him, even knowing his treachery. You see, the other, the other disciples, they were clueless. I mean, like, complete oblivious. Right there in front of them, it's all happening. They're like, is it me? Lord, Lord, did I, could I have done this? Is it going to be me? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. Israelites wandering around making all these bad decisions the disciples they're right there with Jesus and it's like hey the clue phone is ringing off the hook is somebody gonna pick it up and then I think hey Neil you ding dong how about you listen to what I'm telling you to do Neil you Israelite Neil, you disciple. Point the finger at somebody else. There's three more pointing back at you. Even knowing what Judas had done and what he was going to do, Jesus still gave Judas the opportunity to repent. So the question on the table here tonight, it's just us girls. What if I've never really done any of those things? I can't think of a time when I truly gave my life to Jesus. I've never really been serious about my relationship with Jesus. I may have said I'm sorry, but I never really repented of my sins. Turned away from them and never looked back. Then I really only have one answer for you. each and every one of you are old enough to hear the hard stuff. If there's no fruit, there's no connection to the vine. If there's no fruit in your life, there's no connection to the vine. It's black and white. It's not gray. It's super easy. 
Not Neil's words. These are in God's word. John 15, 4 through 5. five. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We must abide. And you may think, that sounds good, Neil. I'm a very smart college student, but could you please define abide for me? Why, yes, I will. Abide is to remain stable or fixed in a state of love that abided with him all his days. Abide means to continue in a place. So think about that. Continue in a place. Continue in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it continues attached to the vine. Neither can you unless you continue in me. So coming back to the question, who is the Lord's Supper for? It's for those doing life with him. Those that are serious about their relationship with him. Those that have truly prepared for the Lord's Supper by repenting of their sins. Those that have done that full 100% heart examination. And are ready to spend time in remembrance of the king of the universe of what he has done for them. As Christ our Passover has now been sacrificed for us. We may keep this feast renewing our repentance, our faith in His blood, and surrendering ourselves to His service. Let tonight be the night, I did not plan this rhyme, that we get things right. Let tonight be the night that we get things right. Where we surrender our lives to the one who gave his life for us. Not just a little bit, complete surrender. Let no one leave this place with a question or a doubt. Let us be a people that have not only done life, but are doing life with our Creator. And, and, and let us be a people that are, not, that are not about going to heaven on a solo mission, but I'm literally going to take as many people as I can with me. Can I get an amen? I'm not going to heaven alone. I, the, the gospel didn't come to me to stop here. This is not a cul-de-sac, okay? 
This is, this is a thoroughfare. The gospel came to me on its way to somebody else. Let me live that kind of life. So as the band comes up, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna enter into a time where everybody just bow your heads. You in your space right now do your business with Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you right there do your business with the, with, with the creator, your creator. And as you're sitting there, as you're reflecting over the last hour of your life, does the last hour of your life, how you worshiped, how you engaged, how you took notes, how you entered into a time with the Father, does that reflect over your day? Does it look like your day? Does it look like your week? Are there things that you need to repent of right here, right now, tonight? If you've ever been here at Cottage Hill on a Sunday, you know this altar doesn't close. This altar is open. I walk through here some days during the week at at a random time. Somebody's up here praying. It's awesome. The altar is open. Tonight, as I said a while ago, don't leave here without doing business with God. If it's a repenting thing, do it. No matter what we've done, we serve a God that loves us wholeheartedly, sent his son with a plan and a purpose to die a gruesome death so that we wouldn't have to. The least we can do is live our lives for him. God, tonight, Let us never forget just exactly who the Lord's Supper is for. Lord, let us be a people that reflect the goodness of God in every single thing we do. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you in your son's name. Amen.